Word on Fire is brought to you by Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Chicago area since 1837. This is Cardinal Francis George, and I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Father Barron will challenge us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The Archdiocese of Chicago, through the generosity of Sacred Heart Parish in Winnetka, now presents The Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, the image of God as a shepherd is a classic one in the Bible. Of course, we all know the wonderful 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. In verdant pastures he gives me repose. Beside restful waters he leads me. We also know from Psalm 76, the Lord shepherds his people by the hand of Moses and Aaron. We also find this in the book of the prophet Ezekiel. Evil shepherds have tended the people Israel. They've been evil because they use the sheep for their own purposes, shepherding themselves. And then God says through the prophet Ezekiel, I myself will come and shepherd my people Israel. So up and down the Old Testament, this image is in the mind of Israel. It's against that background that we listen to Jesus today in this extraordinary gospel from John. Listen. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. Read in light of what we've just considered, that's as strong a statement of Jesus' divinity as the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. What runs right through the Gospels, this affirmation that Jesus is acting and speaking in the very person of God. We see it here. What God promised, he's the good shepherd who would guide Israel, now is embodied in Jesus. I'm the good shepherd. He's going to do what God alone does. Now, what precisely makes him good? Well, he tells us two basic things, and I want to focus on those now in the homily today. Listen now to the first. A good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. A hired man who's not a shepherd and whose sheep are not his own sees a wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. So, There's our first quality. The good shepherd is so other-oriented, so devoted to his sheep, that he's willing to surrender his very life that they might live. Now, at first blush, that sounds, well, nice enough and pious enough. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But the longer you think about that image the stranger, the odder it becomes. I mean, sure, we'd expect a good shepherd to do all he can for the sheep, you know, protecting them from predators. But who among us would really expect even the best of shepherds to lay down his life for the sheep? Are you kidding? A pack of wolves descends. He does all he can to fend them off. But if the wolves are threatening his very life, well, yeah, we'd say, sure, you've done all you possibly can. It's time for you to take off and and let the, the wolves have the sheep. 
But this odd claim now that the good shepherd will lay down his life for the sheep? I mean, again, maybe you'd say a good leader, a good father would lay down his life for his countrymen, lay down his life for his own children. But here's this strange, odd image that the shepherd would die to protect sheep. But this is precisely what Jesus claims to do as the good shepherd. Imagine for a second the difference between humans and sheep. Well, I mean, there's, there's hardly any comparison. Humans are that much more important than sheep. Now, multiply that difference infinitely. And that gives you some sense of the difference between God and humanity. Think of that huge ontological gap between us and sheep. And on the basis of that difference, we'd never say you should lay down your life to protect sheep. Now, multiply that infinitely, the difference between God and humanity. And yet, Jesus claims that's what makes him the good shepherd. God is willing to die to save us. Now, if that doesn't take your breath away, you're not paying attention. I think the gospel, again, is trying to grab us by the lapels and shake us a little bit. What a view of God. That God is benevolent, that the gods might smile upon us. Those were common views in the ancient world. But that God would himself die that we would live? Nobody thought that in the ancient world. Nobody outside of Christianity thinks that now. The gods are to be honored. The gods are to be worshipped, of course. Maybe, as I say, they could be benevolent toward us, but that they would die, that God would die for us? That's all the radicality, all the peculiarity, all the wonderful distinctiveness of Christianity is right in that claim. You know, there's one very much like it you can also find in the Gospels. Jesus approaches Jerusalem, and he says, Oh, as a mother hen would gather her chicks under her wings, so I've longed to gather you, Jerusalem. Now again, on the surface, that can sound like a nice, pious image. The mother hen gathering her little chicks to protect them. But you know, that had a very particular sense in Jesus' time. What's being described there is something extraordinary. If a fire swept through a barn, a mother hen would gather the chicks under her wings that she might protect them from death, that she would die, that they would live. That's the image. It's not just a nice, friendly image. There's something very dire about it. The mother hen burned to death so that her chicks would be protected. That's what Jesus says. I've longed to gather you, Jerusalem, under my wings, so that when the great destruction comes, I would die in your place. That doesn't take your breath away. Once again, you are not paying attention. That is all the strangeness of the Christian doctrine of God. As I've said many times, to love is to will the good of the other. God loves us into being because God doesn't need us, yet we exist. But it goes even further. God dies 
that we might live. There's no greater love than that. And that's who God is. That's what the good shepherd is. Now there's more. There's a second reason why the shepherd is described as good. Listen. I am the good shepherd. I know mine and mine know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. Who's the good shepherd? The one who is attentive to the voice, the voices of his sheep. I think I told you before, I've had a couple of experiences over the years of hearing the voices of sheep. And that word voice is very appropriate because sheep sound human. The first time I heard this was actually on the grounds of Mount Vernon, George Washington's home, and I was there visiting, and there's a little herd of sheep on the grounds. And I heard this, what I thought was the voice of a child calling out, and I looked around, and it sounded like a child in distress. Well, it was one of the sheep. Their voice is very much like our own, like, a, like the child's voice. The second time was when I was on a retreat years ago in France at a Trappist monastery, and there was a sheep who was caught out in the field. He was sort of uh, trapped. And he called out all night long. Well, for all the world, I thought it was a human voice calling out. It was the sheep. That's behind this image now. The good shepherd knows the voices of his sheep. He knows them individually. He knows them in their distinctiveness, personally. Again, we tend to have a view of God as so distant from the world that God knows us at best indirectly. Maybe God is concerned for the human race, but not for me individually. But yes, that's the claim, that the good shepherd knows my voice, knows your voice, can pick us out of the hubbub of the crowd, can hear us when we pray. More to it. They know the voice of the good shepherd. Many have pointed out, those who, who deal in more rural areas, that when the shepherd calls out to the sheep, he makes a distinctive cry or call, the sheep will recognize it. And they can pick that voice out from other voices. Now, that's the shepherd I want to follow. Well, that's the image here. The good shepherd calls out to us in a way that we notice. We perk up. We know where to go. Listen, Jesus in the Gospels is so much more than merely an inspiring moral example. So much more than a mere saint whose dedication and love we admire. Modernity, as I've said before, wants to turn him into something as bland and banal as that. He's a moral, spiritual, religious hero. And from a distance of 2,000 years, we admire him. Well, if that's all he is, the heck with him. There's all kinds of inspiring moral examples. The claim being made here is so much more radical. Jesus is a person who knows us intimately and whom we can come to know. We call out to each other. When we pray, he hears our voice. 
He knows our history, our family, our struggles, our problems. We call out to him, he hears us. And more to it, when he calls to us personally, we hear him. Do you ever wonder why you believe? It's curious, isn't it? Why you believe the Christian faith? What was it that led you to say, yes, that's the one? I think the claim here is, when you heard that voice, you recognized it as the shepherd. Jesus is the word made flesh. God's own word, God's own voice made flesh. Well, we are all wired for that voice. We've been created and designed so as to hear that voice. And so when it echoes out to us through the gospel and through the church and through the saints, we say, yes, we perk up. That's the voice we want. And then, Christians, I know though it goes against all of our cultural presuppositions, we are like sheep. We are like dogs. We want to be commanded. The culture teaches us autonomy. We set our own course. We set the law for ourselves. But, you know, spiritually, that's a false principle. We have been wired for command, to be ordered by a voice. And when the good shepherd's voice is heard, we follow. A last thought. We hear his voice. He hears our voice. Just as the Father and the Son speak to each other, as the Father knows me and I know the Father. How beautiful. When we follow the Good Shepherd, we are participating in the intimacy between the Father and the Son, the voice that echoes back and forth through all eternity. There is all of the beauty and poetry and radicality of our Christian faith, that we have this Good Shepherd to shepherd us. And God bless you. I hope that you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George. God bless you. Most interment arrangements at the 42 Archdiocese of Chicago cemeteries are made through a pre-need plan. Your thoughtful planning today is economically prudent and contributes to peace of mind for you and your loved ones. Catholic Cemeteries counselors are available at your convenience. For more information, call 708-449-6100. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837.